Welcome to episode 23 of the IntelliCast podcast brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. My name is Adam Jolly and I'm joined as always by Brian Lamar. Hey Adam, how you doing? Man, fast and furious. It's been a while, I feel like since we've done a, a podcast here. We took a week off. First of all, so uh, I know everyone was kind of waiting, like, oh my gosh, something has to be wrong with my podcast app. I don't know why I'm not getting notifications about a new IntelliCast coming out, but uh, truth be told, we didn't do one last week. And then the previous one before that was IIEX. A live one. The live one. Live. It was wonderful. Without producer Brian. Um, yeah. I think, so let's, let's talk about the live IIEX for a little while. Uh, just for a smidge. Uh, for those of you who were there, you know that it was awesome. We had over 200 uh, people show up. Um, it was loud. It was entertaining. Fire co- We wrote fire code. Yeah, you know that. Like um, people, Somebody was at the door with a clicker. Uh, for those that weren't there, sorry you missed out. I hope you enjoyed the uh, bad audio that we gave you in our last podcast, uh, which we understand, and we're, we're doing uh, measures now to fix that. It was really kind of a hurricane leading up to it. If anybody saw me 10 minutes before the podcast, I was freaking out. But another thing about the podcast, whenever you're going to talk about your picture, we were so – it was such a weird situation. Yeah. But we never talked about the picture that you kind of promoted about talking about on the podcast. We never did talk about it. No. Um <laughs> So this happened, okay, the story behind that, I was talking with a buddy of mine at the time. He sent me a picture of when we were 18 years old, um, and he was like, man, can you believe that we actually made a success out of our lives that we're not like dead in a ditch somewhere? And I was like, oh, I can't believe it. He was like, it's strange how people change over time. And I was like, huh, what else changes over time? Panel behaviors. <laughs> oh god so that was where that was going that oh. was, a, was an intelligent pitch oh nice over time panels change sometimes when you know it's not that four wheelers aren't still around or I don't have a brand still on my arm just yeah. panels change sometimes without any control just like people and if you're not blending then you're not gonna know that I am no longer wearing cut off shirts if you don't intimately know your research partners right. your sample providers they're going to change without you knowing it. 100%. Makes sense now? I just talked about this on a webinar yesterday. Really? My, my picture? Similar type of story. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 About sense. blending. You know, you're, you're painted a prettier picture than, you know, data. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, um, you know, I, I want to talk about IEX and kind of do like a more formal recap. But yeah. first, uh, MRX News. Let's just call this mergers and acquisitions. I know. A whole new segment. So what happened yesterday, Brian? Um, well, more pace. Um, has now been acquired by a private equity firm. They're merging with market strategies, another company purchased in this. It's a, again, it's a private equity thing, which is always right. kind of weird. And they're, they're combining two companies, both in Michigan. They say it's going to be the 15th largest market research company. Yeah, it's so like it's 110 million now or a something. Big like that. company. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's going to emerge. We'll have a new name. Um, so it's kind of very interesting, right? It's interesting. Um, you know, lately I feel like I've been talking with people, clients, prospects, just friends in the industry a lot about kind of a divide in the industry. Right. Like yeah. you have, there seems to be companies that are larger. Um, say it's number like 19, 20, 
up the Hana Michael or AMA Gold, whatever. Yeah. Um, that are larger. They have data. They have primary and secondary data for the most part. They have, um, they're doing huge studies, you know, maybe a lot of pulse trackers type things. And then there is a boutique, more custom research, primary research type panel companies, or not panel companies, but well, panel buying companies, um, on the other side. And does it seem like these mergers are they is does this signify that there is more of a shift towards that larger research away from boutique because we've seen these mergers in the last like five years it seems like a lot of companies are merging together to become gigantic yeah is that um, threatening to like a boutique company well I think there's when, a I, when I say boutique too I'm talking about like a 60 million dollar company which right. is odd yeah it's not yeah I, I think that these mergers and Acquisitions get a lot of news. Yeah. Research Now SSI is a huge deal. This one's a really big deal also. They get big news. Yeah. But there's so many boutique shops opening up. One opens up all the time. Right. Like we, we saw some at IX last week. Sure. And, you know, anybody can open up a company and start selling stuff right. with all the DIY tools available. And, you know, there's so many independent people you can, you can act like you're really big and be pretty small. So I don't know. I think I think you're right that there's there's a trend towards getting big, alongside the trend of kind of boutique emerging as well. I know it's kind of weird. It's almost it makes it hard. Do you think it's hard? This is kind of a business question too. But do you think it's hard to grow a company organically now in the market research space without acquisition? Just in this industry, it seems kind of right. I think so because the the top fifty really doesn't seem to change ever. Right. Unless there's an acquisition. Right. That's all it is. But, uh, yeah. But if you look at it too, like if you look at the overall number, it's like I'm always surprised in the industry. Like sometimes you'll have a new person jump at like they'll debut at like 30 or something. Yeah. But like the number never changes. Yeah. Like the yeah. market research spin is like a one or right. two percent fluctuation. So it's really just market share grabs all the way around, right? Well, I wonder if these small boutique firms, I mean, they're probably privately owned like we are. They're not reporting their revenue. So maybe they're underrepresented in the gold top 50 because they want to stay under the radar a little bit or they're not going to put out their reporting. Yeah. I don't know. We need to, let's, let's get a guest on, on here some. But that makes sense. Cause I mean, like. You look at like like research now is what two sixty five two eighty SSI was one sixty combined they would be over four hundred million but they're not on the report they don't report it right Qualtrics right. you right. know isn't reported on there um, right so there are some people that aren't reported but I guess where I was going with this so that was a big talk there's a big circle to yeah. get to where we are here is like there seems to be a when we were at IAEX I felt like there was a ton of New names, new clients, new speakers. Yeah. New types of research coming up. Yeah. And I think if you went in a vacuum, you just went to the conference and you're saying like, Oh my gosh, there's all these new names. There's all these new technologies, all these new innovations. This industry has to be exploding in growth and revenue, but it doesn't seem to be. Yeah. When you see the big companies come out with their revenue reports and quarterly reports, I mean, it's small and sometimes negative. Right. You know, growing by 2% would be huge by some of these companies, right? Right. And even a couple like, more, I, I saw more pace was down 12% yeah. last year. Yeah. I saw that in the report. And it just, it just doesn't, is it, it really just point more to like an evolution of methodology. Methodology is a bad word there, but like an evolution of how they're doing things, an evolution of technology, things like that, rather than the industry is booming. More people are doing market research, right? Yeah. 
I could be completely wrong. Like really, it really depends on that unreported number, right? Right. And it's hard. I think some people, I think Green Book has tried to do like a, yeah, you know, gone much further than the top 50, trying to understand how much the entire spend is. But yeah, with all the private money out there and also sometimes, is it marketing research spend? Because we kind of get sure. into a lot of gray area with right. spending. Is it advertising? Is it marketing? Is it marketing research? Is it something else? Is yeah. it behavioral neuroscience stuff? Who knows what it is? So right. I think it's really hard to measure. I definitely agree. Like uh, Isaac Rogers posted yesterday on LinkedIn, like there seems to be more of a diversification of buyers as well as suppliers. I think for a long time, it was just diversification of suppliers and vendors as much as there are buyers now too. And on paper, like it seems that way. It, it's just like, it, may, it makes me curious when I see numbers not so much changing. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, you want to talk about IAX? Yeah, I'd love to. Describe IAX in three words. Okay. Um, innovative. Um, collaborative. Mayhem. Not bad. That's not bad. I will go with disruptive. Yeah. Block. <laughs> chain. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah. If, if you had to pick three words, two of them are blockchain. How excited would you be if you had the uh, buzzword bingo and you had blockchain on it? You, you would win. Won. You, you win every won time. so much. It's one of the jokes, like, I don't know if you could hear it so much in the audio from the IX Live, but we were joking that blockchain, to me, started me getting me thinking of, like, a wrestler. Like, if there was a blockchain wrestler, he basically looks like the junkyard dog, um, and he fights big data. You know, like, it just... Man. It was so much of the conference. It was a whole track. Yeah. And I, when I thought about this was, kudos to Green Book, to IX, to Gen2 Advisors, for recognizing this is why you go to an innovative conference like this. You recognize the trend. You come in early, and this is really early. I mean, most of our listeners probably don't under, never heard of blockchain. It's hard to describe, hard to understand. It's not the cryptocurrency type. It's a different type of blockchain. But um, kudos to them for recognizing this as a trend and putting an entire track and bringing all kinds of people that we've never heard of before. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I think they listened to our podcast before we went to IAX. <laughs> I think the one before IAX, when we really questioned, do people know what innovative means in the yeah, industry? Well, they do Because now. people were putting things as far as innovative companies that aren't really doing anything new or innovative. Yeah, ooh, a mobile app. Right, ooh. Yeah. Don't. Don't with the mobile app. Uh, <laughs> but like the, like the sudden you go to a conference, and I was completely, like even I look over what, what I'm going to hear. Everything was completely new. Even a thing like the GDPR panel yeah. discussion. Yeah. Like I was like, I'll guess I'll go thinking I know everything about GDPR. The deadline's already passed. What, what could it possibly be? Right. And I was open up to so many new ideas about it. Yeah. Blockchain. I thought I knew what blockchain was, but now there's so many different applications of it and so many different ways that it could affect our industry. Yeah. If you look at an industry that is traditionally four or five years behind other in- yeah. industries, we're early entrants in this, I think. It's wild. As we've ever been. I mean, think about things that shook up the industry. So uh, when people started talking about duplication type tools and yeah. online digital panels, fingerprinting, digital yeah. fingerprinting, yeah. that was at least 10 years after financial institutions right. were doing the same thing with their tools. Right. Um, mobile yeah. was 
four years after apps started coming up on the iPhones. You know, like it, we're so far behind. So yeah. being cutting edge, bleeding edge. Can I say bleeding edge? Bleeding edge. Let's bleeding do it. edge. Um, what was your favorite uh, track that you went to? Favorite speaker? Um, let's see. We talked about this on the last one. I loved um, the C-Space speaker. I've always loved the political I think, talk. I think we talked about it on the beginning that we wind up recording. Oh, good. All so, right. Well, let's talk about it. Fresh. Um, Diane, you'll know her name. Hessen. Diane yes. Hessen, who yeah. started C-Space. And this is one of the very first speakers. Um, talked about how she got asked to work on the Hillary Clinton campaign. And and she only worked with undecided voters in swing states. And she talked, you know, she didn't get political with it. You didn't know which party she was. Um, just talked about the work that she did for the Clinton campaign. Which, to me, that's fascinating. So Same. the year before they had, you know, Cambridge Analytica. This year they had someone embedded in the Hillary campaign. So I love that kind of political talk because it's so kind of relevant, right? Yeah. Um, I love that talk. I thought it was great how they handled it. Um, I thought people kind of perk their ears up when you talk about political type news because it's yeah. like it's more universal application. Yeah. Um, which I thought that was great. Um, a couple other talks that I really liked. I loved the uh, CMO talk from Nielsen talking about just marketing tools and measurement tools for marketing. Um, it was great. He was, he was pretty engaging. Um, I went to a, any, any block I could find with uh, Ted Waz of Opinion Economy. Yeah. I thought he was great. Just he's a amazing. Great speaker. And, um, you know, he talked about, you know, he's kind of new to market research. He doesn't understand it. And it's kind of cool he's now involved. I mean, he we we knew him from SampleCon. Yep. So he, kudos to SampleCon for bringing on that kind of, I don't know what you call it, investment. Like, is market research ripe for investment panel to kick off right. SampleCon? SampleCon knows what they're doing. They're great people. And so they're the ones that kind of introduced this to me, at least Ted Waz as right. well. And now Ted Waz is really, you talk about disruptive. Yeah. He comes in and starts talking blockchain and starts investing in, you know, sure. the patent with 2020. And it's, it's kind of blowing people's minds a little bit. Right. Um, I also enjoyed, um, some of the big stage speakers were pretty good. Um, you know, the last day, maybe it was because it was jean day where everyone just like wears their travel gear. I love seeing the sneakers on the last day. Um, but I, I, I love, <laughs> I love the Uber stance talk too. I thought that was really good. I didn't see that one. It was good. Um, and then, so this, this might lead into a rant. But at the end, when it came down to, um, the last presentation that I stood for, was uh, Annie Pettit talking kind of about diversification and first-time speakers. Yeah. Which I think if you've been kind of following over the last two years has been something that Annie's been really passionate about. And I'll be honest, has lost me. The same way that I think Wire, before we talked to yeah. Seema and we talked to Kristen and things yeah. like that, how they kind of lost me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think we all kind of live in our own bubbles and we don't realize certain things, you know, until diversification seems kind of forced sometimes rather than actual. Yeah. But she did this exercise where she had people stand up, stand up. If you're sitting next to someone who has never, who wants to speak, who's never spoken at a conference before stand up. If you talk to somebody who is a woman, stand up for somebody who is some kind of, you know, minority type thing. And I think I started to finally get it in the sense that while we're very innovative for the most part, and or we're not very innovative for the most part. We don't know what innovation is. Like it's a lot of because we're like-minded people in a room together. Yeah. This year was the first conference. This year IAX was really one of the first conferences where I was like, people here aren't like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it. Like the people here aren't at every other conference. They yeah. aren't you know pushing the similar ideas. Everyone has a different idea, and I think 
too many times in business life, this industry, whatever. You surround yourself like friends. Like it's you, yeah, you create your own society. It's natural, right? Yeah. But if you don't have like a different minded person, if you don't have some kind of diversity, yeah. whether it's in topics that you're talking about, innovation strategies, the people that you have and their backgrounds and what led them to have different type of ideologies about things, then you never really innovate. You never really take that step forward. Yeah. Like I was, I was talking with a group the other day and we were like, well, what if we brought in this like old stalwart? of a company to come in and like help advise us. And I was just like, yeah, maybe we should like, they don't have anything in common with us, but maybe we need that. Maybe, we, you know, and I, I'm putting together a uh, innovation committee here at work. And I was like, maybe I should invite like the oldest dog. That's hardest to teach new tricks to, to be in this committee just so we can think about things differently. And I, that is a different mindset to me a different spark. I don't think Annie met it. Maybe she did. I didn't mean it to spark that way. But yeah, it really, thinking. That's it really got me thinking a little differently. That's awesome. That reminds me, um, last month at the Market Research AMA Signature Speaker Series, yeah. I had someone who spoke on multiculturalism and especially about um, Hispanics and the discussion focused kind of on soccer and in the U.S. And it talks, he talked a lot about how um, the diversity of the United States. So you have a lot of immigrants from Mexico and who's, who's their allegiance, right? This is how you frame the discussion. Are they cheering for Mexico in soccer? Are they cheering for the U.S. for soccer? And it's a very diverse group and it's very complicated, but it's really cool. But discussion ended up to the point where he suggested that the beauty of America is when you combine multiple cultures and you create something beautiful. Yeah. Right. So you're taking, um, like, for example, food or music, like you mentioned, Carlos Santana, right? Right. He's a guitar player. He moves to America and you combine, he can combine his style of music with more American style music or other kind of cultures music and you create beautiful stuff. Yeah. And so that's what he suggested, which I hadn't really thought of that before is that you should diversify the thinking and bring people from different cultures into the innovation process and new product development because they just have a different viewpoint. And that's where you create something beautiful. Right. And I thought that was the amazing message to have. And it kind of relates to what you're talking yeah. about, right? I agree. Um, Sidetrack on that. Speaking <laughs> Is there, tell me this, in the last 25 years, are there three better songs than Smooth by Carlos Santana? <laughs> Give me three. Last 25 years? Last 25 years. Well, I'm going to go straight to Evett Brothers, number one. Trash. <laughs> All 40 Evett Brothers get off the stage, just Carlos Santana and Rob Thomas. When the drums hit? Oh, my gosh. I'm a huge Rob Thomas fan, so. Yeah, well, I mean... He's the best. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Let's talk about current events. Don't have to be on market research. Okay. What is going on right now? Current events. Brian Lamar. All right. Let's see what's going on. Well, it's kind of a lull period in sports. Other than the World Cup, we got World Cup going. Let's talk about World Cup. Hey, let's diversify. Let's stop talking about right, basketball. Talk about, um, time. So I'm rooting for Mexico. Which I can't believe I'm saying. Yeah, I watch. So because, hold on, because that, of the wall. You can't believe you're saying that because of the wall. Get political. Oh, okay. There's because they're the United States' big rival, right? And they hate yeah. each other, and they both mess with each other. Dosi so, zero. Yeah, dosi zero, right? And so we, when we play Mexico, we're gonna put them like in the mountains or somewhere yeah. where there's Mexicans. So they can't bring any fans. Yeah, we're gonna play in the snow. And when we go to Mexico, they do the same thing. They put us on top of a mountain in 100 degree weather yeah. with 150,000 fans. I love this it. This is big crazy rivalry. Which is, I love about sports, right? But I started watching the World Cup in Mexico, and I don't know, I love their style of play. I love their players. I love the announcers. And I just fell in love with that team, honestly. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm rooting for Mexico. And so 
Um, today, we just saw the advance to the next round. Um, they caused an earthquake in Mexico City. So that's one current event is the World Cup. Have you been watching it? Uh, a tad. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't not watch it. I don't yeah. think. You really are leaving yourself out. And especially where, where the timing is right now, there is nothing else going on yeah. in sports. That's and it. say, let's just say, like, for instance, let's say you are a degenerate gambler. <laughs> what else are you supposed to be doing right now? Baseball. Oh my gosh! Uh, I am rooting for England. Probably, I, I love watching England. Yeah. I don't know why? I feel like maybe because I know a lot of the players from yeah. watching, like you know, yeah, Premier League and stuff like that. Um, I don't care about watching Ronaldo, Messi. I just it, you always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know what I'm saying with Argentina? Yeah. Um, but I think my I like I like Belgium. Yeah, Belgium plays England tomorrow. Yeah, I'm very excited. Third tomorrow morning at like ten, right? Yeah, we'll have it on the or Tuesdays. whatever day we're recording this. Yeah, um, Thursday at ten. Not going to be doing anything at ten o'clock tomorrow. Going to try to make sure that we can. Nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, maybe I got something to do. What, what else is going on current <laughs> events? Um, NBA draft. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Reds have won a few games in a row. The Reds are hot. That doesn't make them any better. Uh, what else do we have? The uh, free agency with the NBA is coming up. It's yeah, fun. Le- LeBron talk is coming soon. Um, where do you think LeBron's going? If you had a rank order, I did mine this morning. I'll repeat it. Um, I think he stays one more year in Cleveland. Bronny's going to be in eighth grade next year. His little boy. Yeah. Yeah. I think he stays one more year in Cleveland That's and true. then goes to LA afterwards. Because then LA it kind of frees up a little bit too. So if you look at this, is way inside baseball or basketball but LA's got Luol Deng with two years left yeah, they got so really if him. they can bring in PG, uh, Paul George this year they LeBron can maybe then they could bring in Braun next year and expiring Luol Deng would be an expiring contract to trade somewhere Correct. else so they can kind of get rid of that but um, and plus then next year also I don't think that Kawhi is going to go to LA this year he might go somewhere else yeah but he's not going to go Philly to LA maybe. this year and yeah, uh, then next year they could get him clean and have LeBron Paul George and Kyrie, Kyrie, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I think he's going to Lakers this offseason. Yeah. So I think, I think his window of winning titles as the, as the best player on the team is closing, which it might be two more seasons, three more seasons. He's superhuman. So who knows how long it is, but I think he goes soon. He's not going to win a title in Cleveland next year, no matter what they do. Now they're probably the third best team in the East next year. And they're just a mess. And they're right. going to be a bigger mess. Um, I think he's going to go to the Lakers and try to build something there. But, I, you know, I'm just reading articles like everybody else. I think it's Lakers one. Then maybe Houston if Chris Paul resigns there. I don't think so. And then I think Cleveland for one more year. I just can't see him staying Cleveland, though. Yeah. I don't. I, I just think he'll stay one more year. Yeah. I think the family's probably going to move to, <laughs> to L.A. and he hangs yeah. out in Cleveland by himself. That'd be fun. Um, that, what else is going? Anything non-sports? Anything entertainment-wise? No, I don't think there is anything. No. Anything personal-wise? You got any trips coming up or anything? Let's see. Vacation days. Um, I spent some extended time in Atlanta around IEX. Um, we're going to Pennsylvania in a couple of weeks. Ah, Dutch country for um, a brother-in-law's fiftieth birthday party. Hey. I'm um, gonna go over to Williamsport, where the Little League World Series is. Nice. I've never been there before. It's on the bucket list. So, I mean, that's not really a... You're going to be a little disappointed, but whatever. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Huh. It was all right. I worked there one summer um, back when I was working for baseball. Huh. It was all right. There's some cool bars. 
Well, I thought about going, like, oh, I'll go to the World Series. And I was like, oh, no, no one wants to go with me. Then I'll go by myself. Whatever. I don't mind traveling by myself. But then I thought, I have to, I'm going to tell people that I'm going to see 12-year-old boys watch baseball. That's probably not a good thing. Yeah, to live people. that dream, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, now I'll go with my wife. That's good. Uh, reason why we didn't have the podcast last week is I was on vacation, which is great. Oh, yeah. You know, guess how many days I was in the office in the month of June? Oh, my gosh. Like, like six? Like four. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was never here. Uh, just travel. You know, work. And then life. Uh, I was in the Charleston area last week, uh, Seabrook Island, Kiwa Island. Uh, got You know what? I will give a shout out on the podcast to Ted Pulsiver for helping me plan a little bit of my trip and stuff to do. He's a good guy. A great, genuine person. Uh, actually called me middle of the week because we were trying to get together but couldn't. And just asked if I needed any additional support. He's a friend of the pod. What a great guy. Why isn't he on the podcast? Is it something well, I with think it's Brian? because he talks about he'll fly in to do the podcast. Uh, we don't so, need to do that. Yeah, I know our technology sucks, <laughs> but we can figure it out. Yeah. Ted? He'll, I he'll thought be it was great. something between him and Canadian Brian. <laughs> I don't There's some animosity I don't there. Does Ted Pulse for Hate Canada? Yeah. <laughs> he calls Canadian bacon ham. Or the opposite way. He calls ham Canadian something. Um, <laughs> moving on now, uh, I guess we could talk about upcoming conferences. Uh, what are our upcoming conferences that we have coming up? Well, it's a little lull for us. We have nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good answer. A couple months, which is odd because we usually have something every month. Um, we're not going to TMRE this year. Somebody asked me today. We're not going to TMRE. Yeah, somebody asked me that today, too. Um, we're not going, um, eh. No particular reason. Which is a small Diversifying ones. a little bit. Yeah. It's the small ones in Cincinnati in September. Sure. Um, have we been doing anything? Have you been doing anything the last couple of days? Do you have anything you want to plug as far as maybe like a webinar or something? Yeah, I did, I did a webinar. I'm on sample blending and I'm going to turn around. The name of it is um, the art of data consistency on demand. Is that the, is that the, name yeah, of the on demand, demand part? <laughs> is not part of the title. <laughs> it is available on demand. Okay. All right. So yeah, it was about sample blending. I didn't, we have a marketing person who comes up with these catchy titles. It was on blending sample and we have a catchy title. You can download that on our website. You can see the entire presentation. It's 30 minutes, almost exactly 30 minutes long. What will you learn from this webinar if you were to come in and listen? Well, you'll learn that uh, challenges in tracking. I'll tell some stories about some challenges I had in previous life when I worked in market research. Um, why panels are different. Yeah. And how you can kind of fix it and some advice I have. We have lots of good questions on, on the webinar about, um, how do you blend sample Latin America and small, you know, it's hard to re- reach markets and some really good questions. It was fun. Is it salesy? A little bit salesy. That's all right. I had a couple slides in there. You know, we were like, Hey, who's EMI? Cause you don't know who's listening sure. to this thing. At least talking about who EMI is. And we pitched a product that we've created called IntelliBlend. Um, you know, not much, not very salesy. I'm not very salesy. That's great. No, I'm trying to get people to more people to listen. I don't think anybody wants yeah. this to a sales pitch. It's not really a sales pitch at all. Good. Yeah. Um, you have something coming out on June 28th, correct? Another webinar? Yeah, we're doing another webinar. Um, and this one we partnered with, um, a local nonprofit. They're called Screen Education. Uh, Michael Mercier is his name, Southern Cincinnati, and he focuses on smartphone addiction. And so we partnered with them on a study and there's a, uh, there's a uh, webinar Thursday the 28th at noon, which you can still sign up for. I think it's free. Yeah. This is through the Detroit AMA. Um, reach out to us if you want more information. But it's about smartphone addiction, especially with the kids and what a big deal it is. And he's an expert in it. 
Um, and so he and producer Brian and this guy named Glenn Stark, who has a consulting business, is an analyst, and they're doing a quick uh, little presentation about um, smartphone addiction. He was also on the podcast, the one we did for MRMW. Ah, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yes. Um, that's exciting. So it'll be live at noon on the 28th, but then we'll have that up on demand, too, on the website yep. afterwards, correct? Yep. Awesome. That's great. Um, well, I think that just about does it. Do you want to do a quick market research rant or anything or non-market research rant? I don't think I have a rant. I've been in a good mood lately. The weather is great. It is kind of nice. It's like a Mexican soccer to root for. It really puts you in a great mood, doesn't <laughs> it? Uh, do you want to do a Mount Rushmore? Sure. Let's do one. It's weird not having a rundown. I know. We just, huh. we just, there's a, behind me on a wall, there's some <laughs> stuff written down. Um, let's do Mount Rushmore things to do in Cincinnati in the summer. Okay. You want to, want to go back and forth? What do you want to do? You go, well, yeah, we'll just come up with two each. You go one, I'll go one, you go one. I'll go oh, one. so only get two. Yeah, cause we're going to do, I'm going to do a couple of like lightning round uh, Mount Rushmore. Okay, right cool. It's producing on the All front. right, this is a new one, a little off the beaten path. I'm not going to go to the big ones. I'm going to go Incline District. In Price Hill, okay. I went there about a few weeks ago. It's on the west side of Cincinnati. It's a little. Most people live on the east side, but this is a gem. Beautiful view of the city. Um, a couple of good bars there. A couple of good restaurants. It's amazing. It's only. It's like five minutes from downtown. So that's my number one incline district. Maybe a patio. Have a drink. That's pretty nice. Um, I will go with um, do something outdoor at a brewery. It's yeah. a big thing for me. The Cincinnati has over 30 microbreweries here in town. Um, I'm actually, I just bought tickets today. There is, there's a brewery in town called 50 West that does a boxing tournament every single year where a person from every brewery in town submits a boxer and they have like a boxing tournament one night. It's July 7th. Um, and the reason they do that is because their IPA is called Punch You in the IPA. So then oh. they put this whole boxing thing around. Really? But like things like that, are, everything's outside. Every weekend in town, you can find some sort of festival at a beer brewery in Cincinnati. That's it's great. awesome. Yeah. You got another one? My next one is going to be City Flea at Washington yeah, Park. Yeah, great one. Um, which is kind of cool. If you're not from Cincinnati, Washington Park is kind of a renovated historic park in Cincinnati. It's beautiful. It looks like a park that should, that would belong in Chicago or somewhere like a, you know, a real city. But it's really cool here in Cincinnati <laughs> and they bring lots of vendors in and lots of fun stuff. And there's tons of events and tons of people and lots to do around the area. I, I'm going to go city flea. Um, I'm going to go with, um, FC Cincinnati game. Oh, look at you. Don't go to a Cincinnati Reds game. <laughs> Um, mainly because I don't think pricing has caught up with demand yet for Reds games. Like they're still pricing, overpricing things a little yeah. bit. Um, FC Cincinnati is our soccer team that was just promoted to the MLS. They start next year. Um, but their games are, it's a smaller stadium. So you play, they play in the University of Cincinnati football stadium, which only holds about 30,000 people. They put some tarps up. It, it really holds now like 28,000 yeah. for soccer. They, it's over 25,000 every single game. Yeah. Um, it's packed. It's a gorgeous venue. Like the walk through campus is awesome to get yeah. there. It's very raucous, raucous crowd, I would yeah. say. Um, and you can get in, like if you just wanted to be in the stadium, you can get it for 10 bucks. Yep. Um, all the microbrews from around have beer stations down there. You can drink during the game if you want. You could walk and get some food in Clifton while you're there around. It's an awesome, awesome time for yep. the summer. I can't suggest enough. Get get in now while they're ten dollars because next year they're going to be twenty five thirty dollars. Right? Yeah, I think the average ticket goes up to like twenty four dollars yeah. next year. Which whatever. Okay. Um, is that it? Mount Rushmore over. We'll do one more. You got another. You want to do another Mount Rushmore? Let's do another one. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, things to do at the beach. 
Oh my gosh, I hate the beach, but I'll do it. Let's play. I'll play. Yeah, that's what makes this even better. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go first. Yeah. Dig a hole. <laughs> it's the number one thing. If you are a father or have ever been a father of a child under six, your primary goal when you get to the beach is to dig a hole, so that your pr- your child is prisoner in the safety of the hole and not the fear of what lies beneath the ocean. That's my number one Mount Rushmore. The things to do at the beach. Dig a hole. Dig a hole. Okay. Yeah. Mine is going to be go exploring down the, the coastline. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of wander off, see how far you can go. Hopefully you beat high tide. Sure. What kind of other, you know, and hotels. Step in a giant hole yeah. that somebody dug. Yeah. Beware of the holes. And, you know, there's going to be other resorts maybe or hotels or bars or concerts or activities. That's kind of a fun thing to do. Um. I was going to go with drinking, but I'm not. I would say uh, I saw this when I was at the beach. I was like, we're doing this every day. Now that we're at, so we were down, uh, if you're out or on the, like the Outer Banks or South Carolina, like the, because of the tides are so great, like the beach basically is like a road. It's like really compacted, hard sand. And we saw this one of the first days we were down there. A dad drew out like a course of the very hard, flat sand and then dug holes in brought four golf balls and two putters and set up oh. a putting course on the beach. Genius. Everyone played all day long. I stepped in. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. Um, that is one of the best beach ideas I've ever heard. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, my last one, nap. Uh, sleep on the beach there's, outside. There's something yeah. much better than just kind of sitting down, maybe have some music on, you have a little beverage, just sitting there doing nothing. You're on your phone. You're not, maybe you're reading a book and you just take a little nap. Nap is like one of the most underrated things you can do. Yeah, I would also rake up there, pass out. <laughs> like that. Get a couple drinks in you, you're by yourself, no cares in the world. You're on the beach, you go to sleep in quotations, wake up sunburnt. Great feeling. It feels good. Uh, you know what? I think that does it for episode 23 of the IntelliCast podcast. You can find us on Twitter, IntelliCast1. You can find EMI on Twitter, EMI underscore research. Myself on Twitter, Adam Jolly, all one word. Please email us if you have any questions, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, if you have a research rant, if you have an idea for Mount Rushmore, um, if you have just an idea like, hey, let's do a mailbag and here's some questions I have. And that is IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Brian, anything to close this with? Showtime. Showtime! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.